Hello, I'm Carmen Colosi, Latin America analyst at Rain. This podcast is brought to you by Rain Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Learn more at stratfor.com. This is Rain's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, where you get important analysis of geopolitical developments. Today's subject, what is going on with China's economy? It's no secret that China's economy has suffered since the COVID pandemic started there in 2020. But why is it still malingering? Here with answers is Chase Blazik. He's Rain's Asia-Pacific analyst. Chase, it's good to have you back on the show. Good to be back on as always, Emily. Let me ask you this. China's recent emergency state council meeting on the economy, what was that about? Yeah, it caught a lot of folks by surprise because these sort of high-level emergency meetings aren't too common. Uh, It was on May 25th, uh, hosted by Li Keqiang, which is China's premier, uh, and it was uh, mainly a virtual meeting, but with uh, some estimates say 170,000 party members. So everyone who matters was in the room as far as the state government goes. And there was a very clear message, which was get a grip, Uh, get a grip on unemployment, help us avoid a contraction, an economic contraction in Q2, push that infrastructure that we've been telling you to push for months now, boost credit to small businesses, protect agriculture, uh, especially the harvest so we have food security, and protect coal production or boost coal production so we have more energy. Uh, so it was a very clear message that had relatively little pomp and circumstances and was more, a, like I said, a get-a-grip conversation. Uh, but there is one problem with the meeting, and that's that increasingly the government, which is to say the administrative side of the Chinese government, is saying one thing, but the party, which is always more powerful, is saying another. The government's saying, push the economy, ease up on lockdowns, do whatever you can, and the party, led by Xi Jinping, is saying, get COVID under lock or under lockdown first, and then we can talk about the economy. So you have local cadres or local officials all throughout China's cities that are kind of frozen, and they don't know what to do because there are high consequences on either side. And this kind of makes sense why Xi Jinping, there's been recent reports that he's having internal meetings within the party, asking the question, like, why do all these local officials have to wait till I get them specific instructions before they act? And the answer is pretty clear. It's because they're afraid of offending someone no matter what they do. Are there ricochet effects inside the economy from this stasis or even beyond the economy? Yeah, I would definitely say so. I mean, if if local officials are afraid to act, they don't enact policies that are very tailored to their uh, local economies. Because just like in the U.S. or other countries, there are different regions and different economies focused on different topics, different industries, services, etc., all throughout China. So just doing one policy doesn't work so that... China sort of runs on local policies, and if these local officials are afraid to act, that means Chinese cities are sort of paralyzed as far as how much they can push the economy going forward. As far as outside of China, um, we're we're seeing a lot of impacts of this. Obviously, um, with the zero COVID continuing here, there's that supply chain security, which is still weak and is going to remain weak throughout 2022 as zero COVID uh, continues. Uh, so foreign companies will push diversification of their supply chains, but the, that Chinese market is attractive. Uh, so it's a slow moving change for them to diversify. 
There's also uh, issues in Southeast Asia, where China's continuing COVID restrictions, uh, especially its customs scrutinies at the border, uh, is hurting the manufacturing recovery in places like Vietnam and Malaysia, where they get raw materials from China, but because customs is so scrutinous these days, they, they don't get the materials they need to, to crank out products. Um, and then you've, of course, got uh, Chinese local governments as well being highly sensitive to layoffs these days. They want to maximize employment, mainly for Chinese companies, but this may also impact foreign companies. Uh, if they need to do what many companies need to do in economic hard times and lay folks off, they're going to get some pushback uh, from Beijing and from local officials. And then potentially we may see some more boosting of uh, already concluded BRI projects, or I should say already agreed upon BRI projects, uh, Belt and Road Initiative uh, infrastructure projects in Southeast Asia and South Asia, where China is uh, highly motivated to get people working on those projects, to get them employed in these construction companies, and so they can, again, decrease unemployment. Chase, let's talk about the latest situation with China's zero COVID policy. Is it working at all? Um, it's, it's hard to say if it's working, frankly. Um, they're not uh, deviating from it, that's for sure. Uh, so China's national uh, Omicron outbreak is ebbing, and that's a large part of the reason that Shanghai and Beijing are, are releasing their COVID measures is because their city uh, outbreaks are also ebbing. So it's hard to say it, it worked because it crushed the economy for two months. Um, but like I said, Beijing's sticking with it. So throughout the end of the year, we may see more of these city lockdowns pop up. It's just a question of when. Uh, and obviously, this is bad for business in many ways. Um, front of mind is that consumer and investor confidence is just shattered. Many Chinese people didn't know they'd have to st stay uh, indoors for two months straight. And so they're not confident that there won't be another lockdown in another month that uh, causes them to stay indoors. Uh, so they're very uh, tentative spenders right now, and investors are still uh, tentative as well because the real estate market is still having tremors. So this is where most Chinese people put their wealth is in real estate, and if real estate is still sort of crumbling in China, uh, people aren't confident in their savings, they're not confident in spending. So this is just overall not, not great for business throughout 2022. Let me ask you, since this all began, is this the first time China in modern times has experienced something like this? I would say it's the probably the worst uh, economic times China has had since 2015 and, and perhaps since, since 2008 or 2009 when there was a global financial crisis. And China did very similar things to what they're considering doing now, which is to say they boosted infrastructure construction. Um, that's why China now has the world's largest high-speed rail network is because back in 2008 and 9 they said, hey, let's build high-speed rails because it employs people and it keeps the economy chugging along. It also created record levels of local debt that China, or that Beijing, I should say, is still trying to unwind. So as much as they're worried about that, uh, it's looking like Beijing is pushing similar measures. Uh, that's what part of this meeting with Li Keqiang was all about on May 25th, is urging local governments, please work on infrastructure construction. This is how we're going to jumpstart our economy. Given that, is this stimulus likely to have the effect that the government is hoping for? Uh, we'll see. I would say uh, it's not looking great. Because like I said, you can do this once. You can build out a, a nationwide uh, high-speed rail network. 
do you do it again? <laughs> I mean, they're certainly not going to build the same things. They're going to focus more on, on telecom and 5G infrastructure, new energy, also building roads and telecom lines out into the rural areas. But you're getting diminishing returns there as far as the economic returns on this. So these infrastructure pushes may very well keep employment at tolerable levels, or I should say unemployment at tolerable levels. And they may very well keep businesses open but the debt problems of the 2008-2009 financial crisis and infrastructure uh, boom in China caused, uh, that crisis would be even worse this time around because they'd get fewer returns from their investment and there'd be just as much debt. Chase Blazik is an Asia-Pacific analyst with Rain. Thank you, Chase. Thank you, Emily. If you want to know what happens next with China's economy or about Asia-Pacific geopolitics in general, subscribe to Rain Worldview today. You'll get incredible global geopolitical analysis at an incredible price. Subscribe today at rainworldview.com. That's R-A-N-E worldview.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.